worship the Lord this morning? Hey, come on, let's stand our feet as we bless him. He's worthy, amen?
begin. How many glad that he doesn't give up on us? Amen. We bless you, Lord. I don't know about you, but when I think about it, I think about the Lord, I think that, you know, he could have given up on me. He didn't have to come and die so that I could have life, but he did. He sees me in my mess. He sees my mess before he saved me. He sees my mess after he saved me, and he still loves me. Amen? So as we continue to worship him this morning, let's let our heart connect with his and love on him and give him thanks as due him. Amen? Put our hands together. We bless you, Lord. I got a firm foundation. I rock the only solid ground. Nations rise and fall. One strong now shaken, we trust forever in your name, oh, the name of Jesus. We trust the name of Jesus. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King And all your wisdom in love, just you will reign. Every knee will bow. We bring our expectation, our hope is anchored in your name. Oh, the name of Jesus.
you Jesus we love you Jesus we welcome your presence here almighty God Lord we love you so much Jesus we love you we can go on the next song before we do can we just slip our hands to heaven and begin to tell him how much we love him come on help me welcome his presence in this place this morning Lord, we welcome you here. Lord, our hearts are hungry and we cry out for more of you, Jesus. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Come on, somebody, begin to raise your voice and begin to really praise him in this place this morning.
giving some praise for that in this place this morning. You are peace, you are peace, when my fear is crippling. You are true, you are true, even in my wandering. You are joy, you are joy, you're the reason that I sing. You are light, you are light, and you death and lost its children you see one of your children run into your arms I mean when I used to leave on a vacation or I have to go away somewhere one of my daughters would be running out in the front yard and you could just see her wanting me to stop and, and just kind of crying and I'd keep waving but when I'd come home man she was just excited come running jump in my arms you know we got a daddy that's for you he's not against you he woke up in a good mood he wants to help you today just run to his arms during this worship time. You know, we're going to have an altar team come up here right now. We had a prophetic word going into the year. This would be a year restoration. And I want the Lord to kind of quicken us again about that. In Joel, it says that God's going to restore what the locusts have taken and the swarming locusts. And let's believe, Lord, if the enemy has stolen something from you in an area in a relationship he's stolen, he's stolen joy, uh, finances, a job, relate, whatever it is, just come and agree with somebody and let them agree. Altar team, go ahead and uh, come forward. And we want to agree. If you might need wisdom for something, see, the enemy comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came, you might have life. So let's just believe for life right now. I mean, close your eyes and just picture yourself running into your daddy's arms. Amen? Let's worship. In my heart. 
bounds to me. Jesus, you're so worthy, Lord. Jesus, you're so worthy, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Lord, I worship you, Jesus. Jesus. I was lost in utter darkness Till you came and rescued me I was bound by all my sin when your love came and set me free. Now my soul can sing a new song. Now my heart has found a hope. Now your grace is
Lord, we bless your name, Almighty God. We worship you, King of kings and Lord of lords. You're worthy, Jesus. So worthy, none like you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Why don't you turn around and greet two or three people that you don't know this morning. Tell them how happy you are to see them in God's house. And I will be you're with us today. In the chair back in front of you, we have a lot of information about our church. Our inside look lets you know everything about who we are and what we believe in. Our ministry guide gives you plenty of opportunities to get connected through classes, small groups, and outreaches. If you're a first-time guest, fill out the white card in the seat back in front of you, drop it in the offering, or you can bring it across the hall to the Connect Room where you'll receive a free gift bag. Don't forget about our Saturday night meal and snacks between services on Sunday mornings in the Connect Cafe. Our coffee bar is always open. so glad that you're here and we hope that you know that there's always a place for you at Church on the Rock. A night of refreshing this Wednesday night. There will be no classes or small groups. There will be prayer at 6.30 and everyone will be in the main service that will start at 7 p.m. There will be extended worship and ministry time, so come soak in the presence of God and be refreshed. So you have old furniture. You bring that furniture to our warehouse. We find a local family in need and bring it to their home. It's that simple. Furnished by faith. If you're interested in knowing more or volunteering for this brand new ministry, there will be a meeting with refreshments upstairs in Kids Zone on Sunday morning, May 3rd at 1015. Amen. Welcome to Church on the Rock. Everybody doing good? Man, you look good. So glad to see you. How many people are excited that it's a pretty day outside? Hey, man, I got a double amen on that one. Man, well, we're glad that you're here. If you're our guest in worship this morning, uh, just believe that the Lord brought you our way so we could worship together and just lift up his name as one voice. Amen. If you're a guest in worship, if right after service, you'd like some more information about our church, you can go in our connect room. It's right across the hallway from the sanctuary. We'd love to give you a gift. Or if you've been visiting our church for a few weeks now, months, and you want to join our church, you can do that in there as well. Uh, what we've been doing the last five or six weeks since Pastor John has been on sabbaticals, we've been praying for him. Uh, we say this every week, but I'm telling you, uh, Pastor John is a man that we want to honor. He's a man that's been uh, just working and toiling for years and helping us, praying for us, visiting us in the hospital. He's a man that cares for this congregation, and uh, he's on sabbatical right now, a much-needed uh, rest and relaxa relaxation and break for him. So we want to take a few minutes and pray for him. Is that okay? 
Pray with me. Lord, we love you. We lift you up, God. And we lift up our senior pastor, Pastor John. God, we thank you that you've called him, God. You've equipped him. He is the man of God. He's anointed over this house. And God, we just pray a blessing over him right now, God, that where he's at, that you would uh, just refuel him, restore him. God, give him fresh vision and fresh fire for this next season of his life. God, that you would make any crooked place straight. God, you would give him good health. You would have all of his uh, hormones and cells and everything line up with your word. God, we thank you for the man of God. We pray a blessing over his family, Miss Linnell. Uh, John, Henry, Bethany, Rebecca, that you would bless them right now. And again, thank you for such a great pastor. Thank you for his heart. And Lord, we just call him blessed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know, it's Pastor John's birthday Friday. Why don't we look up there and just by faith, wherever he's at, say, be blessed, Pastor John. Say, we love you, Pastor John. Amen. We are blessed. Hallelujah. We had a great, great men's breakfast yesterday. Uh, Pastor, let's just introduce you right now. You and your wife, you stand up, Pastor Ron Hammonds and Brenda, and, and grew up in the Texarkana Sims area. They pastor down the Beaumont, Houston area, great church, travels all over the world. I mean, they put up water wells, built churches, several churches they've, uh, I mean, right in the Houston area that they birthed. So we'll hear more from him, but he was able to share with the man how to be a mighty man of God. And, and uh, we had probably 70 guys in that breakfast area and I took the church camera and took some pictures so I got a little slideshow here but and this is uh, Pastor Ron sharing with the man and uh, eating all of our bacon and our breakfast and uh, this is our archery contest we had outside that Anissa put on and we did that this is Kevin and Randy the winners of our archery contest and and I'd like to know Nick even took some pictures who was it that took the SD card out of the camera I mean, I'm not that tech savvy to know that, but I know I won't blame my wife after 34 years of marriage. That's why we hire a good secretary like Kimmy, so we have somebody to blame on those things. But I think Tra Pastor Travis got one on his phone. We do have one, don't we? Yeah, so we had some men out there and had a good time. I don't know where Pastor Ron's at, maybe sitting down there. But uh, really a great time. And he shared, Pastor Ron shared with, a, first of all, a very good friend of Pastor John. And if there's ever a situation in our church, this is somebody Pastor John calls on for advice and wisdom and counsel. And like Larry Myers, who's going to be here in a few weeks and uh, missionary to Mexico will be back with us. But Pastor Ron shared with our staff, strengthen us, encourage it, just leadership principles and, and just some really good things that really stick with us. But we're continuing to worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings. And, you know, we're worshiping him with our tithes and offerings. Sometimes they say, oh, no, we're done with worship. Now we'll do the offering. But this is a type of worship. We really do. We offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. We've been out there working, and, and this is a way to kind of tell God we trust you, and we just want to bless you with that 10%. But people kind of, every once in a while, well, all they do is talk about money at church. How many of you have heard that little story or why they won't come? And, you know, we've all heard that. But first of all, when you're driving around, how many atheist hospitals do you ever see? I've never seen one yet. But you see a lot of Baptist hospitals, Catholic, Methodist hospitals. And you know why they're there? Because Christians like us have given money to help build those things. And we don't have a church on a rock hospital here in town, even though, as I was thinking about it, we got some in Mexico, we got some in, in uh, Africa and different places. But whether we ever see a church on a rock hospital here or not, every time you give, it goes to build the kingdom of God. 
uh, I was talking with one of our CPA guys and our bookkeeper guys that first we set aside 13% of everything that comes in just to go to missions. But they figured up last year, it was over $1,000 a day that went to mission and outreach. I mean, that's from your giving. And so that's, that's where they give God a hand clap. And being able to send 20000 to Haiti when they had an emergency a couple weeks ago. I mean, things like that. Every time you give, you're investing in eternity. And how many want to have a blessed life? How many know God has a way for you to have a blessed life? As a matter of fact, next week we're starting a series called The Blessed Life. And so it's a great chance to lay a foundation and really find out how God wants to bless you and how you can partner with Him to just do great things for the kingdom of God. Amen. God bless you as you give today. I don't want to sing another song Just to hear myself sing want to bring you more than empty words Cause you mean so much more to me I won't let the rocks cry They won't praise you more than me Cause if it doesn't touch your heart Oh God, Father, I don't want to sing
want you to sing that first verse one more time. Would you sing, sing through there, would you? Do you guys do that? Do you guys like that? You can stand or sit, either one you like, but man, this, oh, those words just really just feel so good, don't they? I don't want to sing another song Just to hear myself sing Wanna bring you more than empty words Oh Lord, cause you mean so much more to me And I won't let the rocks cry out Oh Lord, they won't praise you more than me If he doesn't touch your heart, oh Lord, then I don't want to sing. Because if your presence isn't with me, oh Lord, then I don't want to go. Just as soon stay home I see the beauty of your presence And it takes my breath away I won't move unless you move me To draw me close and let me stay. Wow, isn't that amazing? Yeah. Y'all give the Lord just a praise. Lord, we love you, sir. You can be seated. We love you, sir. Thank you so very much, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, gosh, don't they do a wonderful job? Y'all give them a hand clap. They do wonderful. Thank you. I love your pastor. I love his family. They have been very, very good friends since I first met them over a quarter of a century ago. Your staff is a tremendous staff. Let me tell you, they have absolutely shouldered a load of the church and carried the vision and strengthened the vision for all these years. And now they're, uh, they're standing in a little gap while your pastor is on a sabbatical, which is basically just an extended vacation to get a, a little wind, a little direction, you know, a little relaxation so they can come back in and set the sails as God wants them set for the next season in this house. What a tremendous thing. And I really honor you as a church, the strength of your church. I've witnessed it uh, being here, and it is just solid and strong. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just amazed. I'm very grateful and thankful. And thank you so much for your graciousness in, uh, in allowing me to share the word with you this morning. You know, I'm well aware that it matters very little what I say. Don't get me wrong here. Uh, I, I, I know God uses what people say, but it matters much less what I say today than it does what you hear. Amen. It matters very little what I share if you're not going to take it home with you and put it practice in your life. I'm also very aware that without regard to what I say, God loves you so much he's going to speak to you anyway. <laughs> You know, even if I got the message wrong, 
There's a certain element when we come together and gather together in the name of the Lord. Jesus said, where you can get two or three people gathered together in my name for the purpose that, that I wish. He says, I will be there in their midst. And so I know today that without regard to what I say, even if it has no application to your life whatsoever, God's going to speak to you. You're going to hear the voice within the voice today. I am confident of that. It's just the way church does. Isn't that great? God can even speak through a donkey. Certainly he didn't speak through me this morning. Okay. Maybe that's what the donkey felt whenever he looked through, you know, but, uh, I know there's a voice within the voice. And so I'm just going to encourage you to open up your hearts this morning because God has a word to share with you. Many times I have uh, given counsel or spoken and preached or been somewhere and shared something and later find out someone come up to me and say, oh, you said exactly, you know, it was what I needed to hear, you know, and for the life of me, uh, when they tell me what I said, I can't remember saying that. Uh, God is just so awesome that he is going to give you a prescription for your life today. No doubt it will be mixed in, in some of the things that we share and, and, and and the story that God has, has given us to share together. But uh, without regard to what I say or don't say, find something today to carry home with you. Find something that you're going to allow God to change your life with because that's what he's doing. We are all in the middle of a making. It's a process. And God has joined us together in this moment. It's like a huddle on the football field of life. We come together as believers in Christ into churches all across America and around the world. We come together so that we can hear the play that God wants to run, so that we can get encouragement, so that we can told what, be told where we need to be and what we need to do for this next play that God wants to run this week. And uh, no doubt as well, God's going to give you enough today for you in your moment, he's going to give you something you can apply to your life, but he's also going to give it to you in a way that you can share it. So make sure today that you're aware you're supposed to take something home with you uh, from something that God says today. Would you pray with me as we open up our hearts right now and ask God just to bless us with his word. Lord, Sir, speak to us today, Lord, in some way so that we, Lord, can take from this place something, Lord, of your presence, your power, your glory, Lord, instructions for life, your word, Lord, answers to prayer, remedies, Lord, even for situations that we're, we have not faced yet, things, Lord, we don't even know we're going to encounter this week, people that are going to need encouragement in some way, Lord. God, you're going to give us a little light today, illuminate us, almighty God, that we might be prepared for this week, Lord, and God, just help us in every way, I ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, uh, last night uh, I, I began sharing in a three-part uh, sermon, and uh, so last night uh, was part number one. It, it, it was uh, entitled The Power of a Plan, just sharing that God has a plan. Even before he began creation, he planned what he was going to do. In the fact that if you'll read it, it's amazing that God created grass before he created cows. Because had he not, then, you know, I mean, if he had just haphazardly gone about, you know, throwing out everything he wanted and saying, you know, uh, he had a plan. Because if he hadn't have, the cows could have died without the 
the grass. Isn't that kind of interesting? And he separated the water from, from, the, from the dry land before he uh, created the grass. Uh, you know, God has a plan. He's very methodical. And we also ought to realize he wants us to have a plan. He has a plan for our life. And we need to embrace that reality and try to find the next step that God wants us to take. You know, with God working with us, in fact, if you can get God to work with you, there's nothing that is impossible for you to accomplish. He will help you. This morning in our first service, uh, uh, we built on that power of a plan and talked about the power of prayer. Uh, We found our scripture from Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse six, how that if we will just determine not to worry about things, but rather pray about everything. This is how the New Living Translation uh, says it in in verse 6 of Ephesians 4. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. That's a, that's, that's a four, step, uh, four steps to success, okay? Don't worry about that job right now is plaguing you, that boss, that relationship. Worrying about it isn't going to fix it. Your financial needs, the sickness in your body, the, 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 the situations you're facing, there's nothing we can do by worry. God wants us to rather pray about everything. Pray, just ask, just, just talk to God about it. You know, um, how, how many of you, uh, 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 I asked this this morning in the first service, how many of you uh, need some more money? Let's just see. Okay. Well, then the Bible says, don't worry about it, but it says instead, pray about it. So here's what prayer sounds like. God, I need some more money. Would you pray with me this morning? You ready? God, I need some more money. Okay. God's concerned about that. That's not a a sacrilegious prayer. It's not a selfish prayer. It's not anything else. He said, pray about everything and tell God what you need. Okay. And if you're needing health, if you're needing, you know, help in relationships on your job, you know, uh, uh, whatever it is you may be, you don't worry about it. Instead, pray about it and tell God what you need. Uh, You know, basically even your wants, tell God what it is that you feel like you need your wants. And then thank him. Don't forget to thank him for everything he has done. And there is a power in prayer, such a power in prayer. Well, we're going to continue that series by talking about the power of patience, the power of patience. Now, before we get to where we're going, we're going to be going to James, the book of James this morning. But before we get there, let me uh, say a couple of things that are off message that, that are just impromptu by the Holy Spirit. Uh, because some of you came for, not for the message, but for, for something else that God wants to say to you. Uh, uh, you know, if, if you have some time this week to read some scriptures, let me encourage you to read a story in the Bible. You'll find it beginning in Judges chapter 13. It's a good story. It's where an angel appeared to a woman uh, and, and, in Israel and uh, told this woman she was going to have a son. Well, she went and told her husband, his name was Manoah, and, uh, and Manoah said, well, I would like to see that angel. And so it ends up the angel came back a second time and told the husband the very same thing that he had just told his wife. 
your wife is going to conceive and bring forth a son. Now, if you'll continue reading the story, Judges 13, 14, 15, 16, following, you will find that the son is Samson. You know, uh, uh, many of you know the story of Samson. He was a strong guy, mighty guy, you know, great guy, a real uh, 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 deliverer of Israel. It's interesting to note in chapter 13 of Judges, as this story begins about Samson, that the word came to Samson's mother and then to his parents. And the angel said to the mother, the son that you're going to have is going to be a, a, a dedicated man. They called them in those days Nazarites. And this is what it will take for him to be dedicated. He can't cut his hair. A razor will not come to his head. He cannot drink any alcohol, any fruit juices, or eat anything that is grown on a vine. No grapes, no raisins, anything on that line. And he is supposed to be dedicated, a very special kind of dedicated person and servant of the Lord. So the mother heard that. But the angel also said to the mother, and also later to her husband, and to the husband the angel said, now you make sure she does exactly what I told her. I don't want the boy to have his hair cut or to eat or drink anything that comes from the vine. He also said, but neither do I want her from this day forward to eat any raisins, any grapes, drink any alcohol, anything. Isn't that amazing? If we were to back up and look at what God is saying here, we can gather a reality that if you don't want your children to do something, you don't need to be doing it either. Okay? Hello? That's the first step in raising a family. It's the first step in raising children. It's the first step in discipleship and discipling others, whether they're spiritual children or biological children. Our first step in influencing others to be godly or to make good decisions or to be kind or anything else is that we would first model that for those around us. So let me just leave that wherever it lays and encourage you to model things in your life that you would like to see in your family, in your community, at your workplace, at school, in other arenas of life. Become that model and uh, uh, realize that when you do, you will definitely impact others uh, with that same thing. Now, later on, we remember, by the way, if you continue reading, you know, the, one of the biggest things we remember about Samson, those of us who have read the story, we remember in, in the 16th chapter that he fell in love with a woman named Delilah. Y'all remember that? Samson and Delilah. There used to be an old song I sang as a little boy, run Samson, run. Delilah's on her way. Run Samson, run. You don't have time to stay. Run Samson, run. On the mark, you better start. I'd sooner trust a hungry lion than a guy with a cheating heart. Oh, Delilah made Sammy's life a sin and he perished when there, where did that come in? Anyway, uh, so Delilah was not good for Sammy. Bless his heart. He didn't realize it. Boy was in love. And you know, later on, Samson had his hair cut cut off his hair. And when they cut off his hair, he lost all of his strength. And he was captured and enslaved. And 
He had his eyes put out and he was chained up and he was used against his will to even grind uh, the, the, the corn and the wheat and, uh, for, for the enemy to feed them. And they made fun of him and they made fun of his God because evidently the God of the Philistines was mightier and stronger and smarter and more conniving than the God of the Jews. And so Samson in his sin and in the blindness of his situation, Samson gave cause and reason for the way of God to be spoken evil of. Samson, you know, uh, uh, had sinned. It cost him greatly, but it also cost all of Israel and it also cost God's image. He was a man of God that failed and sinned, lost his power, lost his anointing, lost his strength, lost his calling, and ended up in a, in, in, enslaved in the enemy's camp, working for the enemy, shining a bad light on the children of God. And everybody could make fun of them because Samson, their champion, ended up being a buffoon. Wow. I bet Samson was pretty sad having lost everything and all the potential that he had. You would think that, you know, he just couldn't recover from something like that. But if you read that story, you'll find a scripture in there, a verse that says, but in the process of time, as time went along, Samson's hair began to grow. Yeah, it did. Samson's hair began to grow. You know, your hair can grow back. I hope. As Samson's hair began to grow, his strength began to return. You see, God wasn't finished with Samson just because he had a bad mistake, just because he'd sinned, because he had failed, because he'd given reason for the children of God to be evil spoken of, because he lost his anointing, lost his calling, lost his position, lost his credibility, lost his integrity. Whatever else happened, his hair began to grow. Let me tell you, God's not finished with you. And while, you know, while, while your enemies haven't even noticed, go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap. That's, that's a good place to say, yeah, God. That's what we do with a response. That's what that means. This is, this is a nonverbal amen. That's, and, and, and that comes up from in here. That's a, that's a yes, God. That's you saying yes. Oh, yeah, I, I can see that. You can see that perhaps for yourself or for others that you know. It makes us a little less critical perhaps of some that we don't need to be judgmental over anyway. Put people in God's hands. But at any rate, the enemy didn't even realize that his hair was growing. Your enemies think they've got you enslaved. Maybe they got you to sin. Maybe they, they pulled the rug out from under you, deceived you, or maybe you just went right off into it hog wild. And maybe you feel like there's nothing that God can do. I mean, you're, you're, you missed it. Let me tell you, God, God's not that shallow. He's much more committed to you than that. God believes in you a whole lot more than you believe in him. <laughs> and your hair is growing back, okay? Your hair is growing. Your greatest day is yet ahead. Samson killed more Philistines in his last act than he ever did in all the other things that God had him do before he fell off into ruin. Amazing, huh? Yeah, okay. Well, uh, we'll just leave that where it leaves. Uh, 
Have you ever felt like nobody liked you? Well, I used to feel that way all the time. Yeah. Of course, I got some family here probably tell you that's, that's, that's might, might have been the way it was. They, 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 they had reason not to, maybe, you know, I felt unliked. You know, you think what you think, you feel what you feel, and you want what you want because you believe what you believe. You think what you think, you feel what you feel, you want what you want because you believe what you believe. And the problem is if you're believing the wrong thing, then you're thinking the wrong thing, you're feeling the wrong thing, and you're wanting the wrong thing. You know, but the problem is that's what you think, that's what you feel, and that's what you want. Because you're not believing right. You know, me, I wasn't believing right. I didn't believe the truth. People loved me. I just didn't feel like they did. People liked me. I just didn't feel like that. I, I didn't believe they did. So it made me feel and think and want some things that, that were just skewed. You know, sometimes people can go in front of a mirror and they see themselves one way. It, it's a lie, but it makes them think, feel, and want things, you know. Uh, you know, sometimes you can misunderstand what someone says and believe something about them and makes you think, feel, and want something that you shouldn't think, feel, and want because that's what you believe. When you don't believe what's right, when you don't believe the truth, you can think and feel and want things that are not right. Okay? We need to believe right. Well, I, um, unfortunately, life set me up a little bit, as it does all of us, me no more than you, to really um, not believe the right thing. And one of the things that I believed, I believed that people didn't like me, didn't want to be around me, didn't appreciate me, didn't understand how wonderful I was and how, much, how willing I was to, 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 to be a friend and to, you know, to be a good boy. And so therefore, because I believed they didn't like me and didn't want me around, I began to think and feel and want some things that were not mentally and emotionally healthy for me. And uh, um, so... Uh, I got born again at 12 years old and God came into my life and he really saved me and something inside changed. It just changed. And that same year, I, I, I met my wife. The first time I saw her, I fell in love with her. I was 12 years old and I just loved her. I can't explain it. But God had a plan and I asked her for a date that day and it took me basically five years to get that date with her. And I, I pestered her. I, 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 I bothered her. I badgered her. She finally gave me that date. And, and then I just did everything I could to be the person that she wanted because I I, I, I wanted wanted to marry her. I just did. I just loved, I, I loved her since I was 12 and I was 17 years old and I wanted to marry her. And so we got engaged and then later she broke up with me. Uh, I'd been 18 a month. She broke up. I, I was a senior in high school and I just loved her. And uh, as a result of prayer, one night on a hill out out near Sims, I, I prayed, and that very night, God uh, sent her looking for me at, at, at midnight, at 1230 at night, and we got back together, and I said, listen, uh, uh, the only way that, 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 that we can get back together is if you'll marry me. She said, okay. I said, I mean, now. And so we woke the preacher up and woke our families up, and, and uh, uh, you know, at, uh, I, I was just broken. You know, so after all of that drama, I'm 18 years old, been 18 a month, and we're married on the 19th of January. You know, we get married, 13 people at our wedding, and, and after we got married, for the first time in my life, I believed someone loved me and cared about me. 
Yeah. Come on now. That, that, that was wonderful. That, I can't tell you how I felt. I felt like all of this, now I have somebody who's going to love me. Somebody that I've loved for a long time. Some, I mean, God did a miracle and gave me this woman. It was a miracle that we got married. A miracle. Boom. Holy Ghost intervention. Now she said, I do. You know, 1230 midnight, you know, uh, at Calvary Baptist Church in Sims, Texas, Brother Roy Ford. He had just gotten off swing shift out at one of the plants and, and he married us. I do, I do, kiss the bride, kiss the bride. We jumped out and ran out and got in the car and we drove to Texarkana and uh, here at the, uh, I think it's Howard Johnson's on the uh, state line, just inside the state line, we, we uh, got us a motel room and my goodness, I went and uh, got me some cheese, hoop, hoop, hoop cheese and, 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 and a pack of cigarettes to celebrate. <laughs> I was married, I was 18, I could smoke if I wanted to, I figured. I didn't smoke, but I figured, hey, I got married, and new, new things are in my future. I don't know why it sticks out in my mind, but that's what I did. I had loved this woman for years. She had broke my heart, broke our engagement, and then boom, three days later, we're married. Felt, I just felt, oh, somebody now loves me. Now I can start life. The next morning I woke up so excited. I, I remember looking on the end table and there was that cheese and those cigarettes. I, how things burn in your mind. I thought about how wonderful life was going to be. I rolled over and turned my new wife over to look at me. I was so excited. She opened her eyes as I was looking at her lovingly, and this is the first word she said to me. Oh my God, I've ruined my life. I don't love you. I don't even like you. First words. Happened about a half mile down the road here. I didn't have any sense. Who wouldn't love me? That's, this was the story of my life. I mean, if I ever ran for a political office, that would be my campaign slogan. Who wouldn't love me? I'm a nice guy. But she continued with that, I don't love you, I don't like you, get away from me, stay away from me, don't touch me, I can't believe I did this, I hate divorce though, so I'm going to stay with you and ruin your life too. She continued this and continued this and continued this and continued this. She did for years. That was January of 73. Come along the middle of June in 1976. We were living in England and uh, things hadn't got any better. They just got worse. She was a horrible wife and I was a worse husband. We fussed, we fought. She was the only person ever knocked me out. She'd hit me in the head with a bottle. I mean, we'd fight. 
I was drunk for a good while. I didn't drink before we got married. It was bad. I can't tell you how bad it was. It was so bad that one morning I got up and I was headed to work and me and her had this cuss fight and this, you know, uh, you know, me bowing up at her, but you know, she would, she would scratch me if I got real close to her and she started, I'd jump back. I mean, I, I, I got scars on my body today. My, my you know, uh, that, that's serious. We fought, you know, and, and hurt one another. I scream at her and I told her, I am tired of it. I know God gave you to me. I know that, that you know, and I'd, I'd pull God out, of, like pull a rabbit out of a hat every now and, you know, to justify something, you know. But let me tell you something, I'm finished. I am finished with it. Found out she was on birth control. She told me when we got married, she couldn't have kids. We agreed not to have kids. I thought she couldn't have kids. And I woke up one day and went, wait a second, you're taking birth. I, I thought you couldn't have kids. She said, I'm not having kids with you. <laughs> We just fought and fought and fought over everything and anything. Grown apart. So I said to her, I've had enough of it. I'm divorcing you. You get your stuff, you get out of the house. I'm not even paying your way to get back to the States. I'm tired. I'm, it, it's over. It's over. It's done. I've had enough. You know, I love you, but I don't like you anymore. And I'm not going through this anymore. I'm going to find me somebody else who'll have me some kids. And, uh, and, and that's it. And she screamed back at me all the things that she could say in the same vein, how horrible I was and everything else. And she was 100% right. And I went to work and she went to work. I'd had enough. She'd had enough. At a little cafe outside of London of about 60 miles, she went to lunch that day. And there was a man walked up to her table at lunch and he said, uh, you mind if I sit down with you, have lunch with you? She said, no, go ahead. She must look like a real distraught young little white girl. He was a 45, 50 year old African-American, tall, good looking, strong guy, former Marine. And he said, uh, as he sat down there by her, he said, listen, let me ask you a question. Have you ever made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life? Right there, he told her about Jesus, although she had been raised in church and she'd walked an aisle. She only got a little fire insurance. She never come to the place where she gave her life to Jesus. And right there, he prayed with her and she got born again. Right there. June 1976. Well, she came home that day. I came home. I was expecting her to be gone. When she was home, I figured we were just in for round two. Maybe she got another, you know, little wind under her. Maybe we could just finish this thing. And I was ready. I, I, you know, I, more than one time I'd held her down and bit her fingernails off. <laughs> trying to survive. And I, I quit smoking, by the way, because ashtrays are heavy and she would throw anything inside. <laughs> Anything that was close, she was a thrower. I've been hit by ashtrays, so many of them, let me tell you. I just figured we were in for it. Lo and behold, there was no fight in her. Something had changed in her life. I believe in conversion because I witnessed it. I tried to fight with her for about three more weeks. 
something had changed. After about three weeks, I realized that I didn't have a problem. I was the problem. There's a difference between having a problem and being a problem, by the way. Both of us had been the problem. Now she wasn't the problem anymore, and I was the only problem by myself. And after about three weeks of her trying to model her, her newfound faith and trust in God and reliance on God, uh, her husband came under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I'd been born again at 12. Bless her heart. She had an excuse for how she was acting. I had no excuse. And right there, I repented and rededicated my life to the Lord, and we began a journey lasted 42 years. I tell some people that's seven tribulations, by the way, that I've been married. It was still a problem, however. She still didn't love me. She was nice and she was kind and she was a good wife and she was learning and she would do anything at all to please me because she believed in that, that pleasing God meant pleasing her husband and submitting to her husband. She became a model wife but still did not love me. And I would say, honey, do you love me? She would say, well, you know, not, not, not like a husband. No, I don't, honey. No, I don't. I don't love you. And I was the guy that needed love. I was the guy that felt like nobody loved me anyway. It was difficult. I mean, we, we went through our time in the military six years and, and uh, moved to New Mexico and then moved back uh, out here to Sims. And I started a church in Sims. You know, I, 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 I got filled with the Holy Spirit and started a church, a word of faith. We started the church. There was seven people in, in a home and, and uh, started that. And, 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 I was, and I'd been pastoring that church for two years. And I would say to my wife, do you love me in our private moments? And she would say, no, honey, I don't. She was a good wife. She was a good mother. We had two kids, but she still didn't love me. I would ask her and then you know how it is when you walk off waiting for that response, love you too. It just wouldn't happen. Continually disappointed, but it was a good situation. You know, we loved Jesus. We were working for Jesus. We were seeing people saved, but yet uh, I wasn't fulfilled in everything that I needed. Neither was she. She was married to a man and very faithful to a man, and, uh, but, but she didn't feel what she needed to feel. But she was very faithful. What she started doing was listening, you know, to praise and worship and listening to the word. And there was a song that she found on a tape by Kelly Willard. It says, if you don't have a willing heart, ask him, he'll give you one. If you can't seem to make a start, trust in his power. For the Lord above is watching you and he knows what you're going through. And he will make a way if you want him to. Do you really want him to? Then tell him so. And she began to tell God, you know, I, I really want to love my husband. I'm, I'm willing to God. She began to say that one day in 1982, I, I came home from the church office and I walked in the house. I remember she was cooking uh, uh, some spaghetti in a, in a, in, in a pot. And I, I walked through the living room, headed back to the bedroom, you know, to put something down. And I said, I love you as I always did, like some hungry little puppy, you know, I love you. You know, uh, I walked through the, and she said, I love you too. And it rang with something different than just that occasional love you too that she would say, you know, out of obligation or, you know, uh, pity, whatever. And I stopped midstream in the hall in that little house there right beside Calvary Baptist Church. I turned around and I came back. I said, what? She said, I do. She said, I love you. 
And today I can tell you, I am the most loved man in the world. It has been almighty God visited her from nothing more than her willingness to please God and gave her a love for me and man, it is amazing. It's wonderful. It met my need. It, it fulfilled my life. It made me a champion at home and at work and everywhere else. Today we read a scripture in closing about the power of patience. How that sometimes it takes a little time to get what you want. Sometimes it takes a little time to get what you want from God. It took Abraham 25 years to have that son God promised. Sometimes we just need to give God a little time and not make it worse while he's trying to make it better. Because what you do while you wait sometimes can depend on how long you wait. Have you found James? Let's read this in closing today. Chapter one and verse number two. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. <laughs> Knowing that the testing of your faith, your trust in God, that's what faith is. Who are you trusting to remedy your situation? We face things we can't fix. We face things only God can fix. And the trying of your faith when you're going through a trial, the testing of your faith produces patience. That particular word patience is a very specific word. It's not one of the fruits of the spirit. This one is not. This is a different Greek word for patience. This particular word in the Greek means the ability to remain constant under pressure. You see, a diamond is nothing but an old piece of coal that made good under pressure. That's our lives. Your hair is growing. Give God a little time, a little opportunity. You see, because the various trials we go through give us opportunity to have our faith tested and that produces in us a consistency and a persistence, if you will, under pressure. And when we remain in the hand of God, when we are going through pressured times, let me tell you what will happen. Verse four, but let this kind of consistency and persistence and continued trust in God, even when you're not seeing things, even when, when, when mountains you know, don't, don't seem like they're moving yet, uh, when, when, when situations aren't changing, give God more time. Don't take it into your own hands. Don't, don't, don't go into Hagar, <laughs> Abraham, come on now. Give God a little time, as much time as he needs, because you let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lack nothing. There's a power in patience today. Be patient. Won't you stand? Oh, come on, that story wasn't that somber. Don't feel sorry for me or nothing. 
The Bible says we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Let me tell you, I got a testimony. God done blessed me. But you got a testimony too. He's blessed you every bit as much as he's blessed me. Now, what we need to have in our, in our, in, in our arsenal is a plan. What is my next step? And we need to be able to freely communicate with God in prayer and tell him what we need and be thankful for all the things he's done and get worry out of our life when we take that next step. If it does not produce immediately, we need to give God time. How much time? However much time he takes. Okay. And trust God. Trust God with your job, with your family. Trust God with your community, with your finances. And for goodness sake, trust God with your enemies. Okay? He's working on them. And when a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him. Amen? Let's pray today. Would you pray with me? I know we've had prayer time down here for many of you. Some of you may need to come for more prayer later. Uh, we'll be here to pray with you. But let's pray a blanket over all of us this morning that something that's been said, you'll take home with you today. And if you don't have anything else to take with you, take home a commitment to be patient. Trust God. Put it in His hands. Don't make it worse. Trust Him and see what He will do. Let's pray. Father, Lord, there are situations we all face from time to time that we can't fix, Lord. God, Lord, help us not to worry about it, Lord, but to realize you have a plan, Lord. And God, to find out what the next step is, what we can do in our moment to please you, Lord. There's always something we can do to please you. We never catch you unprepared, Lord, for the things that we need. And God, we know that you never tire of hearing us, Lord. You never, Lord, weary, Lord, of dealing with our situations. And so, sir, we just pray that today, Lord, Lord, that we would learn to communicate with you, Lord, to keep telling you what we need, to be thankful, Lord, to trust you, to not be worrisome, Lord, but God, also to have patience, Lord. Grant us, Lord, not just the fruit of the spirit patience, Lord, which we need, Lord, the, the long-suffering, the ability to endure, but Lord, also that ability we need, Lord, to be persistent and consistent, Lord, to keep on praying, Lord, and to keep on trusting, Lord, and to keep on walking, to keep on doing what we should do, to keep on taking the steps that please you in our life. For Lord, our hair is growing back, Lord, and, and God, we'll be able, sir, Lord, to, 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 to do many mighty miracles, Lord, if we'll just leave our life in your hands. Sir, we trust you, and we thank you for everything you've done. Now let patience have its perfect work in our life, Lord, that we may be complete and lack nothing in the name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you. I love you. Pastor Mike. If you need prayer for anything, you come this way, especially if you're not sure you're on your way to heaven. If you're not sure you're on your way to heaven, please come and see me. Don't leave here and go to hell. Don't do that, okay? Don't do that. You don't have to, all right? God can change even your life, okay? Pastor. Amen. How about giving Jesus one more hand clap this morning? Great, great word. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to have an altar team come up. But before you go, 
Uh, if you want to bless the man of God for being here and to help cover his expenses, just so into his life, it travels all over the world. Uh, there's a Bible up here you can uh, put an offering on or the ushers in the back when you leave. If you do the debit machine, just write Ron or Pastor Ron on there and we'll make sure he gets that. But uh, altar team, go ahead and come forward. And we'll pray with anybody, some of that message that touched you or just you want prayer for something else. But let's just kind of worship one time and we'll let you dismiss yourself. Just kind of close your eyes a minute. It's, just, it's like something else needs to be done yet. I, I, it's going back to what Pastor Ron said. If you're here and not 100% sure you'd go to heaven, today's the day that God had you here for this message and just to uh, that there's a plan for your life. And so if you're out there right now and realize, man, I've never asked Christ into my life or I've gotten off course, I need a fresh start today. Would you just wave at me so we can say a prayer for you before you go? I'm telling you, you're not promised tomorrow. I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else need to get right with God before we go? If there's anybody else, just meet us up here at the cross or tell one of these altar workers you want a fresh start. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you. And we just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Altars are open. We'll worship one time and you can dismiss yourself. God bless you. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus.